and PK. We're joined now by David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. This weekly interview brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought currently. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. David, good morning. Hello, David. How are you? Good. What's the best thing going on in your world? The best thing going on in my world, probably this show. Okay. That includes Patrick, you know. And Jake, and you, and the whole I know, but just particularly. PK, how are you? Oh, man, I'm great. What's the best thing going on in your world? My health. I like it. So, David, the question now of the day. Should it be the jazz and the sun shoes right now? <laughs> I, I'm actually going to just tip my hat to the Suns at this point. They've been great. They just keep getting better every playoff series. They made every shot imaginable last night. I thought they were – I thought the first two games of this series were the two best games I've ever seen them play. I thought they've been wildly impressive. Um, they're without weakness. They don't roll anyone out there. They, you know, they, they check all the boxes. My, you know, one of my big boxes is you've got to have 240 minutes of basketball. In other words, 48 times five. Every guy that gets out there has got to be able to play and bring it and be without weakness. They don't really – like there's not a lot of guys to go hunt defensively. They don't have tremendous weakness. Um, they, they really move the basketball beautifully. Booker and Chris Paul have a great feel of when it is to, their time compared to when it's time to swing. Um, DeAndre Ayton's defense, which, you know, 24 months ago was like the laughing stock of the league, maybe even – more recently than that, actually pretty dang good, man. When he's like the one-man wall and Giannis is coming at him, he's been good. Um, they've got shooters galore. They're good. So, I mean, I guess you could say that, and maybe we would have beat him. We were pretty good, too. But they've just been so good. I, I, don't, I don't think it's appropriate to make comments that would, whether you mean it to be or not, would definitely be degrading what they've accomplished. You see a lot of similarities, though, with the Jazz? Um, some, um, they both move it really well. They both right. are loaded with shooters. Um, Chris Paul's a unique talent that we don't have. I mean, there's just like the last player in my mind that was like Chris Paul is, is probably John Stockton. And then Chris Paul's, if Chris Paul wins this, you know, he changes. He, he actually, I probably guess he'll go down, you know, unfortunately above John in the history of point guards. If he, if he had the title. Um, he's just doing you know a little bit more scoring than John ever did, and then wins the title. That's a that's a big deal. Um, but he's the only one since John I've seen who kind of controls the game in that same fashion. Kid did, but he just couldn't shoot, right. so it didn't have the same impact. Um, so Chris Paul's just such a tremendous force. That's where I think the comparisons between us stop. Mike's really good, but you know, there's Chris is different. Yeah. David Locke joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone with uh, Dennis Lindsay no longer calling the shots day-to-day. Justin Zanuck is. Is there a big difference in their basketball philosophy? I mean, they're working together, so I wouldn't think there's a lot. But everybody's a little different, so I'm just wondering, in these off-season personnel moves, draft trades, free agency, whatever, is there going to be a slightly different spin, a slightly different look we're not used to? So I don't think there's a big difference in their basketball minds. I think from everything I've ever talked to either of them or heard from other people, they were pretty in line with things. The only difference that 
I think might exist. And, um, you know, let me, can I say like, I know it's hard. Like, as you say, something gets quoted and then it's like, it's a hundred percent. Like, this is just a thought. Like, it's not a, I don't, you know, if I, if I say this and then Justin were to pick up the phone and call me and go, I don't think that's accurate. I'd be like, okay, yeah, you're totally right. Like, so there's, I don't say this with like an abundance of confidence. Um, Dennis to me kind of wanted a lot of different people's points of view and wanted a lot of conversation about things. And, um, you know, kind of would line everything to all just essence of prep hours of preparation. And then I don't know what the right word is. He's, he was always ready to act, but let's say maybe there was a passivity to that. Like I'm re- he's ready to act, but the world's got to open up for him. And then he acted right. If that makes sense. Whereas my vibe with Justin is that Justin's going to like open the door to go act. Does that make sense? Explain that a little bit more. I don't know if I can because it's it's not. Are you saying Justin's going to be aggressive? But uh, I was going to say, is Justin a little more aggressive? Is that what you're getting at? No, I'm trying to not say that actually because I think that would imply that Dennis wasn't aggressive. But I mean, maybe maybe just a little bit more. You know, like I feel like Justin might be forced some things or be a little bit more forceful. Maybe I don't know. So make a decision and go with it. Personalities. Say that again. Make a decision and go with it. Yeah, a little bit more forceful, right? Like, um, you know, that's how Justin and Justin's the same preparation. He's a lawyer, so like that whole preparation thing is right up his alley. And um, so, I mean, he's definitely in that. That would be, and maybe that's just reading their personalities a little bit. Like, um, you know, I, I guess uh, this probably isn't the greatest way to say it. Like, I kind of feel like if Justin made him. Justin would like make a decision from just his personality. I'm with him. And if it doesn't go right, he'd be like, okay, that's fine. Cause my decision was based on the right things. And I totally believed in what I was doing and that's good. Like, fine. I'm willing to make a mistake. Um, where Dennis had more to me of like that Obama analytical, like let's investigate every single angle of yeah, everything. More deliberate. Yeah. And let's, make sure we have every base covered. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that either of them's right or wrong. I right. just think those are their, pr- and I'm not even actually, and actually let me clarify, I have no track record to show that that's how either of them would act with trades. That's their personalities that I've been around. Well, moves get done no matter who is in charge. And that's just the way of the world in, in pro sports, particularly in the NBA. Very rarely is a team uh, brought back, brought back in its entirety and so we expect some moves here. Uh, I listened to a lot of your stuff that you do on your own. You had a number of uh, players that you were throwing out there um, as far as uh, you were just sort of throwing them out there. You weren't necessarily saying that the Jazz are in line to acquire these players. But rather than focus on the specific players, and I got the point that you were making in the in the thing that you did the other day, I think it was yesterday, you were talking about whether it's Harrison Barnes or whatnot, uh, what has to happen for this team to improve next year? I mean, that's the bottom line. Um, so, I mean, I, I actually still think our two best players are young enough that there's natural growth. Sure. That's like, part of it. Yeah. Um, and, but, and then, but then I would say 
the core other, the next tier of guys are all old enough that they should decline a little bit. Like Joe and Mike haven't shown any signs of it, but it's like at some point here, this does, you do slow down. Like you're on the wrong side of this math game. Um, Joe has shown no signs of it at all, impressively. Um, and nor has Mike. So if you're able to, you know, bring Mike back, um, you know, I think continuity does help though. I get nervous with that. I frankly, um, I, I, I think in this year, particularly continuity was, um, vitally important and why the jazz had such success with the short practice times and everything else. Otherwise I sometimes I'm actually not the biggest believer in continuity, not in the sense that you blow it up, but, you know, if I use the Giants and baseball as an example, like when they wanted every other year for that stretch, what they would do is they would bring the same team back a second straight time, and then they'd be not very good because it's not the same year. Like it's different. Everyone's contract is different. Everyone's talked to different people in the off season. Everyone's a year older. Like you're not the same. And um, and frankly, from the Jazz standpoint, the um, Alec Burks was it Kyle Korver for Alec Burks trade? What happened in Brooklyn when we traded Alec? Like like. The two times I've been with the Jazz, there have been two moves, two signature moves in Dennis's tenure were trades. One was trading Alec Burks when we were in Brooklyn, and the other was tra- is waving Jeff Green when we were in Miami. In both cases, there was just kind of a malaise over the team where I just think they were so comfortable with each other, and the continuity was actually working against them, and the trades sent this message across the bow of, like, hey, let's go. Like, if you're not careful, like, I know it's, fu- I know it's fun. Everyone gets along, and this is all great, but guess what? Actually, you can go, you can go somewhere else. Um, so I sometimes am not always the greatest believer in continuity. I would say, um, we did something interesting last year. I think we paid the most money for any of any team in the league that had six, seven, eight. I kind of think that might've been really smart. Um, but maybe some veteran depth after that, rather than just young depth after that would might be a nice twist. Um, though there's a real value in your luxury tax team of trying to develop young players and having one of them kind of click in. Um, and then, you know, I, I think if there's a way to get some more defensive versatility, you're just seeing teams in the playoffs have to play in so many different manners. And certainly we have one way we're going to play most of the time with Rudy and Rudy's shown some versatility himself, but we don't have great defensive versatility on the roster right now. David Locke joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 the zone. Let me ask you, let me ask you guys a question that I've had all week. What? You are the Miami heat. The Dallas Mavericks or the New York Knicks? Okay. Wait, give me the teams again. Dallas, Dallas? Mavericks. Okay, Miami New York Knicks. and Knicks. Okay. Miami. Kyle Lowry or Mike Conley? Well, it's musical chairs. I'd go hard after both and see who says yes. I don't know. But you, you're making your first <laughs> offer. Which one? Well, they liked Lowry, and they've liked Lowry for a number of years. Who's they? The Jazz. Oh, yeah, Jazz was supposed to be close to getting Lowry when they took Rubio. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, that's the story. Now he is, uh, but I'm, what, one-year-old? I, I, I asked if you're Miami. I mean, we don't have the choice, right? We either get Mike Conley or we don't get anything. So I'm asking if you're Miami, Chicago Bulls, or the New York Knicks, or the Dallas Mavericks. So those mm-hmm. are the four. I think Chicago's the wild card here. Um which who would you have on your list first if you're them, Mike Conley or or Kyle Lowry? For each of those teams, yeah. Uh, Miami, I think I would go with Lowry. Uh, 
Chicago. I don't know that I'd necessarily be interested in either of them for where where they are and what they're trying to do. Uh, but it's all relative to who else I could get. Uh, so uh, I'd probably go Lowry on all of them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's worth watching, right? And there's the wild Chris Paul to New York rumor that keeps floating around, and it's floated around just enough, and there's a lot of reasons for it. It might actually have something to it. So then suddenly you've knocked two of the suitors off the board. Resigning might get better. Um, by the way, on Chicago... If, if Phoenix loses Chris Paul, I don't know their salary cap situation. Do they become a player? Um, interesting. I hadn't looked into it. Quick thought is that DeAndre's Aiton's contract will not have kicked in yet, and so they probably would be a player. Now, whether they are, because um, he knowing that they have to pay Aiton and Bridges here coming up, and Booker will be maxed, um, it would be another question. They have 125 million committed next year. Chris Paul has an option for 44, so that would drop them down to 81 million. Yep. Then they would then they would have some cap space, but I don't know if they'd be a player just because yeah, I, of the way I, their roster lines up. I get it. Yeah. The one I think's interesting, by the way, just back to Chicago for a second, just the impact of the Phoenix Suns. I think a bunch of the owners in the league are going to be pushing on their GMs hard. Phoenix didn't make the playoffs last year. Nope. And I think this is going to change the landscape of conversation inside these front offices. I, I, think, you're, I think you're onto something there, and I think that's why when PK says if he's Chicago, I don't know if you'd be interested. And I think that would be a normal answer in a lot of years, but maybe not the answer if the Suns just added Chris Paul and won the title. Yep. And they just traded for Vucevic at the deadline, and they only have a year and a half left on Zach Levine, or two years left on Zach Levine's deal. So they're, I think they're a major, and they have space, and they don't have a point guard. I think they're a major player out there where they try to go add their, their version of Chris Paul that changes them from you know, a non-playoff team to who knows. I think they would have been a playoff team with Rubio this year. Who? Suns. Uh, I don't know. The way to get great in this league is to trade Ricky Rubio. Well, they still could have traded him. I think they, that was I, supposed I, I, to be a joke. That was supposed to be funny, but... <laughs> Both Utah and Phoenix like literally got rid of Ricky Rubio and went from being like kind of okay to great. But I think Phoenix was the, the arrow was pointing up. Uh, yeah, I do think Chris Paul's pretty. I mean, yeah, I mean he's elevated know, them to the within two games right. of winning the whole thing. But right. I, I even mean, without him, they, I think they would have made the playoffs. I, I'm not sure what I think of Ricky Rubio. I don't want to get into a conversation with Rubio, but I would just say I'm not sure I agree with you. Um, I mean, Phoenix's point guard situation over the last three years, like back to when Igor was the head coach. It's pretty incredible. Like, they went through a year starting Ellie Okobo. He's not even in the league anymore. And then they tra- started Ricky Rubio, who I, I guess I'll be honest, I just am no longer convinced he's ever been a starting point guard in the league. He was pretty dang good for us, but I kind of think Quinn created him. Because when he got to Minnesota, who wasn't very good, he actually, I mean, they have D'Angelo, but he, he wasn't very good again last year. Like, at some point, like, there's just never been a player in the history of the league with Ricky, who's shot the numbers Ricky Rubio shot and played this amount of games and minutes. Like, at some point, his reputation from Spain has just carried him through. He's just a, and he's a great dude, and he plays really hard, and he gets loose balls. But, I mean, at some point, I, I, I'm actually just wavering on that. So I might be wrong, too. But, like, I actually just think what really happened there, and this is where I think Chicago's interesting parallel, is they just had, like, the worst point guards you could have for the last five years. And then they went and took the worst and put in, like, an all, you know, one of the four or five greats of all time. 
and that it just catapulted them. But I just think their point guard play has been so like I look back over the last five years of who played point guard and it's it's incredible how much like and to Dev and to Devin Booker's defense who, you know, took some heat that certainly looked like it was ill placed now. He was not playing with anyone who had any idea how to play point guard in the NBA. I mean, it's, go back and look at, like, go basketball reference and look at their last five years of point guards. It is, it is incredible. So I want to go back to the whole, you know, what, what is the market for Conley around the league? You mentioned four teams, and everybody will have just seen Chris Paul have this huge impact on the Suns. So even if you value to go to what you, you brought up early in the interview, if you value Lowry over Conley, how long are these teams going to value Lowry over Conley? As soon as they realize there's one Kyle Lowry and there's at least two and maybe three or four teams pursuing him, how quickly are they going hard at their second option? Because it's musical chairs here and there right. aren't enough it's, point guards. So, um, but there also, but there actually may be enough point guards depending on what you your viewpoint of this. So there's nine point guards that I think are, could start that are going to change teams next year. That's a huge number. <laughs> right. So um, Dennis Schroeder, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kemba Walker, like there's others. Um, you have to, you know, so Chris Paul obviously is in his own category. Um and then Kyle Lowry, I think we've kind of decided is probably a tier ahead of Mike Conley, but like only a little. So you're right in regards to the musical chairs. But if you could trade for Kemba, are you interested? If you're signing Spencer Dinwiddie, who's younger and bigger, like what's your thought on that? Dennis Schroeder can really score it. Like there's and there's three or four others who off the top of my head, of course, are not coming to me right now. And they're not the tier of Conley or Lowry, but you know, if Mike Conley at thirty three is gonna cost you I don't know, 28, 30 million. Spencer Dinwiddie's going to cost you 20 at a younger age and he's bigger. Well, maybe you do that. Mm -hmm. But he's not really a point guard either. I think Conley's going to be able to to command or get that type of money, 28 to 30 million. I do think Phoenix making the finals is going to impact this marketplace a little bit. And I think the return to normalcy of society is going to put more pressure on winning on front offices than maybe before. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, that's just a hypothesis that, that I think ownerships are going to be more eager to be good um, than they have been in the past. And there just aren't that many teams that are tanking, frankly. Right? So I think, you know, like, there's two tiers. There's, there's eight or nine teams walking around right now that think they should have been the finals where we start, you know, that's how we started the conversation, right? Yeah. This should Phoenix be Utah? Philadelphia is asking if they should be Milwaukee. Brooklyn's asking if they should be Milwaukee. You know, Boston doesn't probably think they're that far away. Dallas doesn't think they're that far away where, you know, the Lakers and Clippers are asking the same questions in Denver that we're asking. I mean, that's 11 of the 30 teams right now. Then there's the next tier. And, you know, Chicago thinks they're a player away. Miami still thinks they're contending for champion, you know, for a possibility. New York doesn't think they're that far away. You know, can they get into that tier? So I, I just think the league's in a really different place than we've ever seen where the talent has dispersed as they hoped. There were fewer all-stars per team on the floor this year. It was the fourth fewest all-stars per team on the floor during the playoffs than we've ever had in the history of the league. Um, 
So, so I think there's I think there's a major kind of shift in the league and the impact of the collective bargaining agreement of what six seven years ago is actually being felt here, and and I think you have more teams competing. So with Conley, the question isn't how good is he because when he's healthy, he's really good. The question is how often is he going to be healthy? How often is he going to be available? What can be done differently? And then how much of it is just the, the schedule is going to be different? What can be done differently to make sure he's available for the most important games? I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. I got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <What? laughs> oh, brother. I mean, I'll, I'll go a different angle on Mike Conley. What I think it's interesting on Mike Conley's market is there's just so many reasons why I think it can get inflated, which is not great for the Jazz. So for the Jazz, it gets inflated because we really don't have another option. If we don't re-sign him, it's not like we get that gap space and get to fill it. So you suddenly have a real roster-building challenge going on. And, you know, for Chicago, his market value kind of goes through the roof because they have cap money to spend. And if you don't, you know, if you don't spend it, you kind of can... There's a little different because they don't have rookies they have to pay that fill the gap. But, you know, for some of the young teams that have... Like, this is what happened with Atlanta last year and it turned out okay for them is... They had cap money. If they didn't spend it, it was gone. Because by the time they'd spend it, then they, if they didn't spend it last summer, then they signed John Collins and Trey Young gets his extension and things like that. And suddenly they don't, they don't actually have their money anymore. Um, so, you know, cap, cap room doesn't always roll in the next year. So in a bunch of these teams' cases, if you don't use it now, like in the case of Dallas, if they don't use it now, then Lucas' contract kicks in and they don't actually have it. So then that's, they can't afford to kind of go through this process and not add something right now. And so that adds, you know, even that, that inflates the market for that reason. You know, New York's got momentum right now. That might inflate the market for that reason. I think the urgency of ownership to win more coming out of the pandemic than otherwise inflates the market. So those are the things that I think are working against the Jazz or just for the players in the circumstance where I think despite their age, these players may end up with some really good deals and actually longer than you're comfortable with. And then you got something on the backside you really got to deal with, which is scary. All right, for David, the, we, we will leave for the reason For the reasons you just talked about that I have no expertise on how to get hamstrings healthy. Yeah. All right, David, we will leave it right there. We appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Okay, talk to you soon. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in Andrew Reinhardt, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Guys, if you've been struggling with ED, they've got a breakthrough treatment. Andrew, what can you tell us about it? We do have a breakthrough treatment. It is helping so many men. If you're frustrated in the bedroom, intimacy or frequency is not there, think about this. The average guy does a few treatments on our wave therapy. They're 10-minute sessions over two to three weeks. Cambridge University says that is enough to get rid of the erectile dysfunction, the pills, get things back to where they were. So, by the, let's just say July, you can do this. You could be done with the treatments in the month of July. What would that do to the relationship? Uh, maybe your happiness level, sense of well-being, your significant other, usually pretty great things. That's what we're doing here at Wasatch Medical, helping so many men in a pretty short period of time. So why do guys want to stop taking the pill for ED? Because that would probably be the, the answer a lot of people default to. Yeah, and I would say if you're taking the pill and it's working great with no side effects, 
don't call us, you know, keep doing it. But if you're noticing there's no spontaneity, it doesn't work all that well, or you get side effects, that's probably, uh, probably a slippery slope to it not working very, very soon. So no side effects, not invasive. We're treating the root cause and generally the spontaneity, not having to plan things. That is a big attraction to these treatments. When you say uh, if it's working, don't call us, you must have a fair amount of knowledge that people are going to be in that situation pretty quick because you just said that pretty confidently. (laughs) Yeah, the pill works for a while, but I've never seen it work forever. In fact, uh, most guys come and say, uh, you know, it worked for a few months and I had to take more and more of it. And then the side effects get a lot worse. So, yeah, it, it, it is treating the symptoms and it does come with a significant amount of negatives. All right, you got a special offer right now. You want to explain it? We do. There's a lot of value today. Leave your wallet at home, by the way. There's, this is all no charge. Call us now. You'll qualify for the assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound free. You get the little gift. Uh, this is worth the trip alone. Even if you have no intention of doing the treatments, it produces immediate results in the bedroom. And new patients get blood work and testosterone for free. I know a lot of guys spending thousands of dollars on that. No more. It is totally free at Wasatch Medical. Guys, you can put a stop to your ED. Call Wasatch Medical right now, 801-901-8000. The number to claim that offer, 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. College football is close. I'll be excited when camps open up. We're not that far away. We're really not. If I had to pin you down to one thing that you're looking forward to this football season. I'm going to start with the obvious, a full slate of games. It'll be great to have a normal football year. Can't help but think about where we were at this point last Uh, year. And the debate on whether or not football was actually going to happen, in what way, shape, or form. It was just such chaos. I'm looking forward to not talking about that and talking about, hey, Gordon, how do you think the running back is going to play? Yeah. You know? The first normal football season in two years. I'm very much looking forward to it. Couldn't agree more. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought you in part by Homie. Finally the way real estate should be. Full service, local agents, and you will save thousands. Homie, a better way to buy or sell. All right, PK, lock got you thinking right there. There was a road he went down that deserves a little more exploration because it is going to impact the decisions owners and GMs make this offseason. Absolutely, yeah, there's no question about that. And the rise of the Suns from non-playoff is unprecedented. The 11th consecutive years of not making the playoff and now not just making the playoff, but obviously two wins away from winning the whole thing is an incredible story. We love stories. So in our business, that stories are where it's at as opposed to winning and losing. It's about the story. And so what these teams are seeing, and I think what Lockwood's point was, is that he listed several teams that believe they're player X away from being in contention to win it all. And that's what you need to be. You know, you've got to be in the mix. Whether you... The think of the Jazz flaming out or not, they were in the mix this year. I think that's inarguable. Uh, they were in the mix. So he listed the you know, Bulls maybe be lower in the mix, but Miami being higher in the mix. And New York made uh, great strides this past season. Dallas has a premier player. They have an all-league NBA player. 
There's no doubt about that. With uh, Doncic can do so many different things. So with that in mind, uh, they're looking to win immediately. You should be looking to win immediately. And I think that's great for the league to have that many teams think that they're in the mix. And so go look. We'll put the Warriors. And he didn't mention the Warriors. He didn't. But he, but he was talking about teams that he thought maybe be in contention for Conley. So that's why he didn't mention the Warriors. The Warriors they're, have they're not spent be in so much money. They want to be in contention, but they yeah. basically have to find guys on veteran minimum and well, get their guys healthy. Uh, yeah, that's their path. Well, back. depending on what they do with trades, you know, they've got picks. They got Wiseman. So. They have, they're not in the mix for Conley, so that's why Locke didn't bring that up because his point was teams that could be contending to sign Mike Conley, the Warriors his, obviously would be set at the guard spot. To his bigger point about teams that yeah. legitimately, well, whether it's legitimate or not in our mind, in their mind thinking we need to be going all in to get to a conference final, yeah, yeah, an yeah. NBA final of the title, 15 teams. And that's, and that's great. A, that's that's great a for the league. big yeah. number. But you run through them, and you're like, no, that, he's right. In 15 team offices, they are thinking, at minimum, we got to get to a conference final. What do we have to do? Oh, I, uh, Yeah, and I think the other teams, their front office folks are thinking, man, we better make the playoffs, and my butt's out the door. Exactly. So, There's that next year. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's great for, as a fan, I, I was that's in, great. I was in Canada, the Grizzlies. They were in the playoffs. They obviously want to go deeper in the playoffs. I don't oh, know. Why that, shouldn't they yeah. think that they have a shot to get to the conference final? I mean, it may be a long shot, but. Well, they would be uh, 16 then. Who's to say? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to put arbitrary limits on teams, and especially with the young players who are developing, and Memphis has that. So. You know, there's going to be some competition for Conley. But to me, as a fan, that's great. The, the five-year rebuilding, oh, uh, my gosh. That takes a long time. Because what we see so many times, well, it's going to take minimum five years. But we see so many times is that there's an owner who, uh, whatever reason, isn't as patient and things change. A GM changes and the GM wants his or his coach. And so the rebuild gets restarted before it ever blossomed in the first place. That really drives me up a wall to see that. And to see, it just seems like, uh, I'll use Sacramento as an example, and I don't even know if it's true, but it seems to me it is. seems like they've had three one-year coaches. I mean, what the heck is the point of that? You're going nowhere. You're guaranteeing mediocrity at best. At best, that's what you're guaranteeing here. So, so they the, need to stick with Walton. Well, whatever it might be. Right. Well, I mean, he's I'm, the, just, I'm just throwing it out I there. get it, but he's the guy now. They've been churning through coaches I mean, for I don't really care what they do, but uh, I'm just using that as an example. Well, the Jazz aren't in that position. The Jazz absolutely, and I believe they are, I don't think there's any question about it, are in a win-now mode. And being in a win-now mode means that you got to push whatever cliche you want, all the cards, chips, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's what they need to do. Because in my mind, and maybe it's more in my heart than in my mind, but I don't think it's that big of a difference between mind and heart in this case. I believe they are a contender. And, and, and granted, I want them to be a contender because it just makes everything go much better. It makes the winter go faster. I mean, and who doesn't want to see the winter go faster? Summer, you can slow down a little bit, but uh, winter, no. Breeze right through it. Unless you live in Arizona, then it's reverse. But we don't live there. Uh, so with that in mind, do whatever it needs to take. Now, it's easy for me to say because it's not my money. And... I only second guess. I don't make any decisions. All I do is critique the decisions that they make. That's my job. And that's what the fans want me to do. Give my opinion on 
personnel moves, and it's fun because I never have to take any heat. <laughs> they have to take heat. But I think that they're in that position, and I do think they will be aggressive, and I'm excited to see when they get together and training camp starts uh, first week October, whenever it might be, what is on his team. Because I don't think they're that far away. And go now. As the Moody Blues once sang, like in 1962, go now. Go now. Of course, that was a breakup. The guy wanted the gal to leave because he was having a hard time getting over her and she kept showing up and, it, you know, that type of thing. That's not, that was the negative. Go now, in this instance, is the positive. Well, I don't think there's any doubt they view themselves as a contender, and I don't think there's any doubt. One of the cool things about having your team sold to someone who's a local owner, I mean, he grew up playing junior jazz. He did? He's a fan. Yes, that was in the introductory press conference. How was his crossover? Probably awesome. Was it? No idea. You allegedly at one point also sold tickets out in front of this certain building. So He was a ticket broker? Sure, we'll go with broker. I Entrepreneur. Had, uh, Really? I hadn't heard that. I missed that part. I have that one on fairly good authority. Oh, really? There so what? He bought tickets and tried to move tickets for to make a buck? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Because you're kind of nebulous. If you're going to bring me to the water, take me in. You got it. Take me to the river. Talking Heads, you're moving forward. I'm now. actually Al Green. Go. Oh, really? Yes. You thought that was an original Talking Heads song? So they it covered that. Not. Oh, Al Green had it first. That okay. was a cover tune. Very good, but it was a cover tune. Uh, so... I did not know Talking that. Talking about my generation. Uh, with that in mind, uh, yeah. The point you're making is a fan wants to win. But I yes. don't know. See, that that eh, that makes me a little... I don't necessarily think that that's a positive. It can be a negative if you're delusional. Or if you get so attached to him, yeah, he's my favorite player. See, I don't, I don't think this man is going to do that. I think fandom was over here. Business is here. And business supersedes fandom. So I don't think the fandom. So I guess I want a combination of both then. Because you can be business and, I mean, the number of owners in pro sports who keep score, not by winning and losing, but by how much money they make. I mean, that's been a factor. Well, all these teams make money. If if they don't make literal money that season, the valuation of the franchise franchise is going up all the time. Yeah. So uh, I don't necessarily want them to be a fan. I want him to make smart business decisions that allows the ball club to win. Well, there's no way 16 teams are all getting better. Someone's going to make mistakes or, and or have bad luck. Maybe so, uh, but I see no reason why the Jazz are not better next when, season. When I'm counting half the teams in the league think they're close, there's a group of those teams that were really close two or three years ago who aren't now. They're not accepting that. They think we should not have slipped like this. Good. I wouldn't want my Boston as a fan Miami. base. I wouldn't want them to accept it either. Right. Yeah, Boston, Miami are further away than they were, but they're still thinking, "Hey, we're one move. We're right back there." Well, particularly in the East. Yeah, I, I think very few people believe in the Bucks as legitimate year in year out dominate finalist. No, I think it, a la LeBron. It should be uh, everybody chasing the Nets next year, but. A lot of teams chasing that aren't necessarily that far away, especially if you add in the Nets' injury history. Yeah, and I'd put it and, in Philadelphia we, in that mix, too. We, yeah, we have some of that in the West. Uh, the Lakers and Warriors, I mean, they finished 7th and ninth. One, one went out in the playing games and one went out in the first round, but because of injuries, they don't feel like that. They're, they're that far away. They, they've clearly slipped from where they've been, 
but they clearly think they can get back, whether that's true or not. Well, they want to think they can get back. I don't know that they clearly think that they can. They want to think that they can. Uh, remains to be seen. You're thinking if you got LeBron, well, LeBron's going to be, what, 37, 38 mm-hmm. next year? I mean, those guys, when they go down, they seem to take a longer time to get back, and Davis has got all sorts of injury history. You can count on him to an extent. When he's healthy, you can count on him, but he's just he's going along the lines of several players who just couldn't find themselves to be healthy consistently. Uh, so, sure, consider the Lakers, but I don't consider the Lakers anymore to be, wow, they're the overwhelming favorite and everybody's pointing towards them the way the Warriors were. Uh, the way the Bulls were in the East with MJ and all that stuff. So it may not be necessarily wide open. It doesn't need to be wide open. You just need your team to be in the mix, and the Jazz are in the mix. So they've got to do whatever it takes within what they view as reasonable. It's easy for me to say, well, sign Conley and pay the luxury tax and go blah, 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 blah. That's not your money. If they decide that that's not financially feasible, I'm fine. I get it. You got to take care of that too. You just don't just because just throwing around a bunch of money doesn't necessarily work. We've got lots of examples yeah. of that. Pro sports is full yeah. of those examples. Yeah, I mean you got to you, you got to have the big money. There's very few teams that win without it. Tip of the hat to the Tampa Bay Rays, but uh, Oakland A's. You got to have it, but you got to spend it well. You spend it wisely. Poorly. Yeah, you spend it wisely. You, you spend it on the wrong guy. You get the bad break. I mean. The, the Lakers are all in on two stars, and they're great when they're healthy, but if they're hurt, they fall to seventh, and they go out in the first round. And it seems like in basketball, more so the other sports, maybe because there's fewer guys, and in the NFL, the contracts aren't guaranteed anyway, but in basketball, it seems like there's a number of guys with teams that they're waiting out to contracts to get them off the books, and that's bad news. At least if you're going to sign them, Make sure it's the right signing. If you overpay, so be it. But that's the. But, but that, not to where you're yeah. just counting the days until you're free of him. Because the NFL doesn't have the guaranteed money in the same way. They don't have the same storyline that baseball and basketball have. Where you look at contracts and you think, well, how long does that last? Right, right. And you're, you're, I mean, the, you're the, literally the, counting the days. Right. The, what the Mets did to get out from under the Bobby Bonilla deal is still celebrated. And this is not a new story. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. The Top 60 and 60 is back on The Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as The Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON on your home of the the best college football coverage in Utah. 975-1280 the zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone. PK, one, you, one other thing that uh, Locke surprised me on. What's that? Downplaying, even if it's minimally, I was surprised the extent of continuity. I'm all for the continuity, but the 100% bring it all back and run it over again, I, I don't believe in that. I think it gets stale. There's something about relationships, and I don't— Well, how about the core? The, I'm totally fine with the core. Well, that is continuity. Who cares at the end of the bench? 
Okay, but if in the ninth, if you show it doesn't come back next year, I'm not going to be crushed. I'm over it. You're right. Emotionally, <laughs> I can I can bounce pretty quickly on that one. You're right. But in the nine man rotation, if there's two changes, I'm totally good with it. What it, at eight and nine? In any nine man rotation, I was talking in general. I so don't know. two or three. I think because uh, there's a big difference. Yeah. There's a wide variance between number and, and one and number nine. And there's absolute yes, right, right. Replacing Conley's minutes is different than replacing Yang's minutes. I get it, but just a couple of fresh voices, a couple of fresh faces, like different talent to move in, something to keep it kind of fresh. That makes me nervous. Really, I don't want change for change's sake. I, I want change I for improvement. Well, but something to keep it fresh. But that's part of. The change that is a positive is keeping it fresh. No, I, think that's I only a, want change if it's better. I don't want a fresh face just because the okay, other guys stay. You look at the way that, dude, you, look you at the way that, that, we'd be out of a job a long time ago. You look at the way the... You know, that's apples and oranges, but okay. I don't think it is. Two out of two? I don't think it is. So, nine out of two... And the way the season went, you don't think that they can upgrade a couple on yes. talent? Yes, that's okay. my point. Upgrade add, all you want. Upgrade add, number one. Upgrade one through nine. Okay, they can't upgrade number I one. I know, but if you could, you do it. Yes, but you can't. But I don't, that's not so, the point. So don't spend a lot of energy on that. Uh, they won't. I'm making a point. I'm right. not making a decision. Well, and to the point that um, he made about the different personalities and the message it sends and it just keeps an edge. And both times they did it, they did it for talent. It wasn't just That's what for, I want. And I don't think they get, they get along so well. Forget that. That's little old lady stuff who sits at home and no, they're my guys. I don't care about that. I want them to win. There it is. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the statue's not running around bosom buddies all day long now. I mean, it, it, guys come and go. So, I mean, Rubio was a great dude. We all loved him, and he wasn't good enough. I know. We both have a lot of great <laughs> friends who shouldn't be playing in the NBA. Yeah, so uh, that doesn't matter. You got better. I want the team to get better because I believe they're not far. And if they can get better at slot number seven, get better at slot number seven, and so forth and so on, every slot you've got. If they can get better, that's what the, the point of the management is about. Give Quinn Snyder... The most talent that you could possibly give him. The most options. And I think that's where they're going. So by by usual just attrition, guys don't all return. So I get all that. But I wouldn't change just for, I want a fresh face. What uh, I think one of the things, and you brought this up, and Locke didn't bring it up directly, but he implied it. Uh, It's not, because we were talking about, if you weren't with us earlier when Locke was on, he was talking about the Conley money, which I thought minimums Mike, get, Mike is getting 15. I always underestimate this kind of stuff. So he's probably going to get 20. But Locke was bringing up mid to high 20s. It was 25 to That's 28. That's why I asked him. Right. He said 28 to 30. But I think on top of that is you're thinking about years. Now, maybe you give him more money for fewer years so you're not waiting out the contract, as you say. But we have seen a lot of big contracts move. We may be, and Locke brought this up, we may be about to see Chris Paul opt out of a massive amount of money. Oh, he is going to opt out. Yeah, you're right. He will. Even if he stays put, he will. Yeah. Yeah. Why take one at 44 when you know right now coming off what looks like, well, either an NBA well, Finals or NBA Championship. 60, whatever. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it is. You get a second or two. Sure, that's a business decision. And, and, and I'm all for guys making business decisions. It's their lives, their money. 
So that that's yeah, I support that 100. percent So he will do that, and that's that's where I would be concerned uh, to extend Conley because. He's injury prone now at 33. Well, what's he going to be at 35? All of a sudden, he's going to find the find the fountain of health, uh, youth or health or whatever that expression is. Probably not. Probably not. But you can argue that Chris Paul just did. But that doesn't mean everybody's going to. Yeah. Well, Chris Paul this season, particularly if they win two more games, is one of the greatest stories stories in NBA history. Get past that he whines or he'll punch you in the junk or all this other <laughs> crap. I, don't, yeah, I, I understand all that. But I'm talking about the story. If they win it all this season, they're two games what away, is, it's yeah. one of the greatest stories in NBA history. I don't see how you could argue that. In the last six years, Conley has played full-time two of the six years. And once you get down into 40 or 50 games played, you're not playing full-time. He had a season he played 69 games. He had a season he played 70. Well, I want him to play... In the 16-game uh, playoffs. Uh, yeah, The 28. Yeah. 16 to 28, whatever yes, it turns uh, out to yeah. be. And obviously, that's the most important thing there. And they had a fine record without him. Uh, just in the playoffs, you're playing a high-quality team, particularly if you get past the first round. You're playing an extremely high-quality team, and you couldn't get past the first uh, second round. And in large degree, is because he basically didn't play at all. I mean, he played in the last game, but it wasn't anything close to Mike Conley. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Andrew Reinhardt joins us from the Wasatch Medical Clinic. And Andrew, you've been on a lot of times talking about ED and the breakthrough treatment, but... You keep coming on because guys are really hesitant to get take, get the ED taken care of. Yeah, they are. There is a stigma around this, no question about it. And uh, I think that when guys finally do come in, they wonder why they waited so long. A treatment is 10 minutes. It doesn't hurt. There's no side effects. It's not invasive. The wave therapy opens up the blood vessels. And according to Cambridge, you only have to do this a few times over two to three weeks. So... There's no reason to be embarrassed. It's so normal to struggle in the bedroom. The results are so worth it. The relationship improves, and finally we can get rid of the pill. So what are the patient results you're hearing? What are they telling you? Generally, there's kind of a stress reliever that goes along with this. They don't have to pre-plan with medication. I think the intimacy, the frequency, and the overall happiness is all tied together. Uh, with performance in the bedroom. So I think they're happier. The relationship certainly improves. So you've got a special offer for our listeners if they call you right now. Call us now, the assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound. That's free. A little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. You'll love that, by the way. And kind of a cool thing, if you feel like uh, you're a little empty in the tank, testosterone and blood work is totally free today as well. You can call Wasatch Medical right now, 801-901-8000. Call Andrew, ask about the special offer at 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. Andrew, thank you. Thank you.